Colleagues, welcome back to the office and welcome to our presentation and podcast for today. This is Small Business Accounting Shootout Part 2. This is a continuation of our discussion that we started in the previous episode of the CPE Today podcast, looking at various small business accounting systems that would be appropriate for startups, restaurants, consulting firms, and more. That small medium market makes up such a vast majority of enterprise here in the United States. And the needs of different businesses are pretty diverse. And so as such, there's a lot of different accounting tools that you can consider implementing inside of your organization to fit and resolve whatever your accounting and finance needs might be. Now, in episode two, we're going to pick up right where that discussion left off. To put ourselves in the mindset of what we were thinking about the last time around, we were talking about some of the decision-making with respect to how do we actually pick the solution that would work well for us and what should we consider when choosing the appropriate accounting package. So we're going to go ahead and finish that up. We're going to go ahead and talk about what factors should be affecting of our decisions, what type of solutions should we avoid, and uh, what position should we avoid putting ourselves in? Like, for example, rushing to just go get something because we need something and not, for example, considering and thinking about the needs of the business holistically and objectively. We're going to talk about some of the characteristics that make small business solutions uh, effective. Um, We're also going to talk about some critical considerations before choosing the solution. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the critical functionality you're going to absolutely going to want to have for your solution, like general ledger, accounts payable, accounts receivable, payroll, project management, and more. We'll talk also a little bit about some of the security considerations with respect to your solution that you're going to want to choose. We'll also talk about, you know, the idea of how much volume you're going to deal with. There's a world of difference between a solution that's intended to, for example, take a couple hundred transactions per day, per week, per month, versus a solution that might be used in a large retail organization that might be taking several thousand transactions a day. What would you want to consider with with respect to the throughput for your organization when choosing your solution? All that more in today's episode of the CPE Today podcast. Now, before we get going today, I do also always want to remind you, this is part of our ongoing series for our small business accounting products. And if you enjoy our material, please consider maybe purchasing our course and getting credit for today's podcast. All of the courses and podcasts that we do at CPE Today are eligible for CPE credit. It's super simple. Head on over to cpetoday.com. And today's course code is SBS2. And if you happen to be watching after the fact, you just take a short five-question quiz and you will earn a credit for today's class. You can always watch live and receive live credit as well. So if you prefer to watch live and ask questions, you can always do that as well. Check out cpetoday.com for more information on this and tons of other fantastic accounting and finance courses. And in fact, if you are a newcomer, welcome to the channel. Welcome to our podcast. You can actually get today's podcast credits for free. Uh, go ahead, check out cpetoday.com. Use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST and your first one is on us. How cool is that? Fantastic and effective way to get started. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our presentation and materials for today. Uh, When we uh, pick back up, we're going to go ahead and do a couple of review questions to round out our presentation for today, and then we'll get you on your way. Thank you so much for being here, folks, and enjoy our presentation. Now, how do you want to make a decision on this? 
Well, the business needs are still paramount. What I would tell you is you need to objectively think about your business and what you are going to do and how you're going to go ahead and do it. Um, the specific needs of the company will be what you're going to want to think through with respect to creating your plan for implementing a solution and, and, and I'm sorry, choosing a solution then ultimately implementing it. Certain things are going to be absolutely must have, have to be there. Other things, for example, are going to be nice to have and it would be cool if it were there, um, but they're not going to make or break. If I can give you one bit of uh, advice as you're starting to think through your requirements is that do not make everything a absolute must-have feature or function. That often will kill a project. Uh, if you were to think of, let's say, you had 25 things on your list that you needed, okay, only about maybe five of those are critical business uh, requirements that they absolutely have to be there um, to support the specific operations of the company. You know, an example of this would be like, well, it has to have a general ledger. It has to have accounts payable. It has to have accounts receivable, things of this nature. Realize, though, that some functions might be best served outside of the accounting package. A good example of this is payroll. I do not do payroll in my accounting package. Why? Mostly because I told you I've got to file payroll tax returns in five states. Well, what I do do is that I journal that stuff in. And if I need the detail, I go to SDP and I run the necessary reports to do what I want. But certain features and functions, depending on the needs of the organization, may or may not be make or break functions. Um, Plant your flag where it matters. And if there are functionality that you can get from other systems, I'm not saying you can't do whatever you're looking to do, but find what those other functionalities might be and then maybe focus on reporting or integration between them uh, rather than trying to make every single function business critical. I think you'll find yourself that you are um, uh, going to set yourself up for failure. A solution that does everything is a solution that does nothing well. Um, it's a camel. And what is a camel? A camel is a horse designed by committee. And I would rather take a solution that does a couple of things really good, that works exactly the way I want, but maybe doesn't have an inventory module. Or if it does have an inventory module, we choose to use something different that does fit the specific needs. I'll give you a quick example. In my life, uh, one of my clients I've worked with forever is a fireworks manufacturing and um, display company. Um, one of my favorite hobbies for our family that we do outside of teaching and developing software is we shoot fireworks shows. And I've shot hundreds of fireworks shows all over the country all throughout the year. You know, not really during COVID times, but uh, normal times we would do that. So uh, they're also one of my clients, too. And I can tell you that we don't use inventory functionality from QuickBooks. Why? Because they have 50,000 SKUs. They have 50,000 different product numbers in multiple warehouses across the country, each one with a different effect. A three-inch red peony shell, a five-inch red peony shell, a four-inch with brocade, with gold glitter, so on and so forth. We built our own inventory solution, you know, not only because of the quantity of inventory that we need to track, but then also they've got regulatory requirements reporting to the ATF, you know, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms is also in charge of all of explosives. And so we have to have, to an extreme degree of uh, reliability, good inventory reporting to every single location, every single bunker. If they move things from one bunker to the other, we have to know about that, you know. So having that kind of level of features and functionality is essential for their business operations. So that is a nice to have functionality, but it's not a make or break functionality. 
So I would also tell you to kind of put some thoughts with respect to your initial budget and timeline. When I was getting started with my, uh, with my uh, career, I had a good colleague who told me, and I've never forgot this, projects, will ta- our projects are like gas. They will expand to whatever size space they are in. Um, I can tell you that if this is vendor-led, the project will be a lot bigger and a lot more expensive than if it is customer-led. And you come into this with some knowledge about what products you want and what you want to spend on this. Okay, you might still want to do an RFQ, RFP. In my opinion, though, not really as needed. You're not going to really get a good process out of this. Uh, I can tell you most RFQ, RFQ, RFP processes are great for, you know, if you're the uh, Municipal Water District of Southern California or, you know, Ford or something. But, you know, for your small business accounting solution, do your own research and ask questions. Talk to your colleagues as well. Project management is absolutely essential as you're looking at some of these different tools. Um, I can tell you in the scope of my career, I, I would say that I have seen at least a dozen or so projects fail uh, through the fault of the clients. You know, some of these I've been a part of in terms of internal work on the client side, part of them we've implemented and they failed once they were actually in place at the client, but, um, for different reasons, one way or the other, but almost always the failure has been a result of poor project planning, whether it be poor, um, expectation setting, poor training, poor understanding of the requirements. Uh, I've seen projects take two or three years to implement when they should have been done in six months due to bad tone at the top. You know, if you're going to change accounting solutions, there is going to be somebody who's going to throw a hissy fit. That's just what you need to expect. They're going to think that whatever you're doing is going to be wrong and they're going to hijack your project. Having good project management skills to provide the necessary documentation steps and confidence to get you through this is going to be really essential for the success of the project, as well as tone at the top. You know, having executive sponsorship of this project is going to be essential to make this work well. Understanding the project is one of the most important parts of it. Before you buy a single product, before you do one bit of implementation, you need to have a good understanding about what needs to be done, what needs to, and how it needs to function in this new system. Uh, What I will tell you, this is a wonderful opportunity to be able to um, reset the clock. It's a wonderful opportunity, for example, to be able to change business processes that otherwise would have not get updated. Um, you know, think about the way we do business in 2021 and then think about your business processes. You know, some of them might be five, 10, 15 years old. Let me ask you this. I mean, do you think something that was designed five, 10, 15 years ago is still as useful today? It might be, but probably not. I mean, we've got client portals, we've got better security, we've got mobile access, we've got products like Microsoft Teams and Slack, we've got uh, cloud hosting providers and more. I mean, I got a client, I'm not even kidding you, I can't make this up. Their process for employee expense reimbursements or, you know, essentially expense tracking, uh, the controller, she takes the credit card statement and literally cuts it up and then photocopies it and gives it to each person and asks them to write what they did on that credit card statement. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. I mean, like there's Expensify, there's Concur, there's um, Tally, there's others that, you know, make the whole employee expense process work great. But you know what? That's what they've done for the last 20 years and they're not willing to change. As such, they're missing out on a lot of opportunities. 
What should we avoid when choosing these different accounting solutions? Well, we should generally avoid going straight to a vendor if it is going to be, for example, a vendor that's going to try to sell us something immediately. Uh, going straight to the vendor often uh, can lead to choosing a solution prematurely without really kind of understanding the requirements of the uh, project of what we're trying to do. So I would tell you, do some reconnaissance, stand back, watch, don't commit, take as many demos as you possibly can, uh, understand the project as well as you possibly can. Uh, many of the solutions that we're going to talk about today, you know, like QuickBooks Online or Xero or Dynamics 365, they've got trials. Sign up, you know, there's no better way than determining if a solution is going to work for you than to try it out for yourself. Working with the supplier just because they are local is not necessarily a good thing. Um, you know, just because somebody is down the street does not make them competent with respect to what your specific project is. I would tell you, you should work with a supplier that knows your industry. Um, that would be the thing that I would recommend more than anything else. If they have experience and competency in your industry, that is worth more than anything. And the fact that they're not in your time zone doesn't really matter. There's a client I've worked with for years uh, as a partner with. Uh, they are the absolute best when it comes to nonprofit accounting. I've worked with a lot of different companies. They do a ton of different work, but they know nonprofit better than anybody, you know, and the fact that they're in Denver makes no difference to me. You know, we can still talk and communicate and collaborate just like we're in the same office using Zoom teams and stuff like that. Avoid choosing brand names because they're safe. You know, there's this old adage, nobody got fired for buying IBM. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you that just because they're a big brand doesn't necessarily make they make they mean that they are good. Uh, there's another solution I've worked with also in the nonprofit space. It's been around forever. A lot of nonprofits, big nonprofits use it, but it hasn't really updated in 25 years. You know, uh, newer technology often is more compelling. It's got better features, functions, and maybe even at a better price point. So I would tell you, don't necessarily just buy something just because it's big. Doing what everybody else is doing. Okay. Well, the best way to make a bad decision is just to, you know, follow the herd without really kind of doing your own due diligence and thinking earlier in my career, I implemented a solution, you know, it was the big solution everybody used. And I thought it'd be great because it was already being used by our largest competitor and it was a miserable failure. Uh, it was way bigger than what the company needed. It was way more complex than what the company wanted. And more importantly, the company did not have a very savvy workforce. So, this solution wasn't for them because it really required a much higher degree of competency with respect to uh, the technology. So be careful about what other people are doing. I will tell you that in 2021, it has never been a better time to build your own intellectual property, to build your own technology. I mean, you can build stuff to run your business now for a fraction of what it cost five to 10 years ago. And I'm not just saying that because that's what we do for a living. I mean, what our company does. I mean, it's actually pretty easy to build software to meet the specific needs of the company, allowing the operating system of this company to work the way the company wants to operate. When you choose a big box solution, you have to work the way that big box solution works. You cannot bend Dynamics 365 to the will of your organization. You can't force QuickBooks to change accounting methods. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so if you have certain complexity, having your own solution gives you that kind of freedom to be able to choose uh, your own path. Not running your own numbers and budget. Again, gas will expand to the size of room it's in. Find out what you want to spend. Find your own budget. Now, right size it. 
I've worked with plenty of clients that have Ferrari taste, but they're on a Pinto budget. You know, they want to drink Dom Perignon, but they can't af- they can only afford Budweiser. But you'll at least know and be able to get the best value for your investment, your best ROI. Avoid cloud solutions where exit costs are not understood and that you can't get your data out. I've unfortunately seen providers that will do vendor lock-in, uh, which to me is really not great, but I do understand it in some respects. And I'll explain in a second. You want to be able to ask, like, what's it gonna, what's gonna happen if this doesn't work out? Can I get my data back? Do you give us a database export, or do I have to run everything through reports? I don't know. Now, some applications are designed with what we call multi-tenant. QuickBooks Online is a good example of this. It's a multi-tenant application, meaning there are multiple companies running on a single instance. Their data is segmented, so it doesn't, it's not the same date. Well, it is the same database, but it's not like you can see the other company's data. But there's no way for QuickBooks to be able to segment just your one company from all the other companies operating there. So if you need to leave, you're going to be limited to whatever export options are available. You need to understand that before choosing a solution because there's a chance your project will fail. So we have some characteristics that will affect the choice of business solutions for small to medium business that we should be familiar with. Okay, so the smaller the business is, it's less likely to have trained on-site IT people and IT expertise. I'm going to tell you this, and, and from my experience, nine times out of ten, it's the user. You know, nine times out of ten, you reboot the machine, turn off, turn back on, close your browser, come back in, it will work. Um if your company or your client's company doesn't have a lot of technical expertise, you're going to want to choose a simpler solution over a more complex solution uh, 100% of the time. They will kill you with questions, and it's just not worth it. Um, you ideally want to be able to have a champion at this company that uh, that you're implementing this in that's going to be able to handle a lot of the bulk of the, let's call it low-value uh, technical questions like password resets or changing an email address, something like that. Likewise, small businesses generally have poor internal controls. They have poor security and privacy issues. Uh, there could be a, an abundance of different issues. Everything from, you know, company uh, fires an employee and they never bother to turn off uh, their accounting access. And that accounting solution they're using is in the cloud and the employee can go and log in months after they've left. Uh, other issues like shared data, shared passwords. They store stuff generally in unencrypted environments. Um, you're going to want to clarify and clean up a lot of these kind of security related issues before getting started. Again, when you're changing a county package like this is a great way to be able to reset the clock and to kind of put in better practices than what the company originally started with. Now I'm going to tell you a hot button for me, shared passwords, um, and shared user accounts. This is really common, for example, with, um, what you will see with uh, small businesses for anything that is a SaaS related tool where they charge per user. Uh, so example of this would be QuickBooks Online. Now you get, I think it's like five licenses for your standard QuickBooks deployment now. But what happens if you need a sixth, a seventh, an eighth? Well, instead of going up to the bigger package, like the advanced package, they'll just share accounts with other people. It's a terrible, terrible practice uh, because if something goes wrong, missing, there's fraud, you're never going to be able to decompile who did what and who was responsible for what entry. You want to be able to hold people accountable. If you share accounts, you're never going to be able to do that. Uh, as such, with small businesses, you need to ensure they buy the right number of licenses. Not only is it a better security thing, it's often required as a component of the provider's 
uh, EULA, okay, E-U-L-A, End Users Licensing Agreement. You violate that, they have the right to terminate your account, and they can even sue for uh, remediation depending on the needs. A good example of this is Microsoft. If you're not buying the correct number of Microsoft licenses, at some point they could do a audit of your account and they can charge you and sue you to compel you to pay for additional licenses if you've been continuously under-reporting or sharing accounts there. Various applications in use in the organization do not integrate with each other, leading to increased manual efforts, rekeying of data from one application to the other. Uh, this is really true, especially with really small stuff. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, as well as really niched and siloed things. Um, it's kind of a balance. I mean, you don't want to go with a 100% suite-based approach where none of the applications are really outstanding, but, you know, they at least talk with each other. But you also don't want to have the same approach where you pick best of breed and nothing talks and nothing is integrated and you end up having to set up an account five different ways, you know, for your payroll, your accounting package, ERP, whatever, you know, ideally you want to find something where there's integration between these different tools, uh, not only for, uh, you know, integration to be able to share data, but then also for reporting too. Uh, lack of integration can often lead to a lot of increased manual efforts and rekeying. Now, the good news is there's a lot of really good solutions that are out there now that you can use to communicate and talk with each other that can handle a lot of this for you. Uh, and these tools, for example, can really be good at sharing data from one application to the other. Now, one technology pops into mind. It is ODBC, Open Database Connectivity. Uh, meaning, you know, if it is a standard database that was designed after 1992, you can actually pull data in and out of it directly at the database level. And that could sometimes be a nice workaround uh, for getting data in and out of, uh, of your solutions. So, and then the other thing would be potentially to use a database connector as an inter intermediary middleware tool to be able to pull data in and out. Let me go ahead and show you two quick solutions that you might find useful for integration of your solution from one thing to the other, like from your accounting solution to your reporting solution or from payroll to accounting or something else like that. Now, the first tool I want to talk about here is going to be a tool called CData. CData creates connectors that allow you to connect um, virtually anything to anything. Uh, if you come up here and you look over here to the connector side, they create a middleware component that will allow you to be able to suck data out of one thing and then do something with it. And they've got tons of these different connectors for different things. If we come over here up at the top, you'll see we've got ERP, CRM solutions, and we've also got file and API solutions, e-commerce solutions. And then right here, we got our accounting solutions. Okay, so this company makes a tool that will allow you to be able to pull data out. So let's say you wanted to pull data directly from QuickBooks right inside of Excel. You can do it. You don't even have to open Excel for reporting. You point it at uh, the C data connector. QuickBooks uh, will connect to it, and then the data flows directly to Excel. Or let's say you wanted to pull data out for zero, for that matter, and do the same thing, or Workday. Or maybe you want to pull employee expenses out from SAP Concur. Maybe you want to calculate uh, your sales tax using TaxJar or Avatax. You can, or even payroll from uh, ADP. They support even larger accounting solutions. Great Plains, Dynamics GP, Dynamics Nav as well, uh, Acumatica and others are also supported with this solution. And this is a way that you can be able to pull data in and out. They even support Zoho, which is pretty cool too. So from a reporting perspective, you know, this is a great way to be able to pull data without having to run reports. And you can also use this to be able to push data from one place to the other.
A comparable product for those of you who are QuickBooks user, and many of you are, is this tool called QODBC. QODBC does the exact same thing as CData, uh, but it only does QuickBooks. Now, if you had to choose one or the other, CData is the clear winner. It is better, it's faster, it's more robust. Uh, however, it's more expensive. So if price is uh, conscious for you, um, QODBC might be a better solution. One thing I will point out, if you're a QuickBooks Enterprise user, okay, using QBE, you get a free license of QODBC. So you can pull that data out directly uh, using this tool if you happen to have a QuickBooks Enterprise license. Now, we also have what we call digital plumbing tools now, which are pretty nifty. These tools provide automation from one system to the other, moving data from different apps, both on-premise as well as uh, cloud-based apps with really kind of us not having to do really kind of any of the work. It just happens. It happens kind of in the background, which is pretty, uh, which is pretty nifty. And it'll just work well for you. Uh, so you could use this solution, for example, to integrate one thing with the other. You know, So even if you do have some of these siloed apps, well, you can get them to talk. Here's a quick scenario. You know, let's say you're using Office 365 or Gmail for your email. Well, this service can look and see when a new email is delivered. Let's say it happens to come from a client. Well, great. It could recognize that from a client and then move it over to Dropbox, putting it into a client folder, and then maybe send you a notification on Teams or Slack that it occurred. The takeaway from this is that you have company one, two, and three. You have Google, you have Dropbox, you have Slack. Well, Slack is owned by Salesforce now. And all three of these tools don't natively speak with each other. But utilizing these digital plumbing tools, we can push data from one to the other without us really kind of having to do anything. And I really think that's great because it makes integration possible where otherwise it was not, allowing us to uh, reduce manual efforts for the work that we are working on. And uh, overall, it'll make your life a lot easier. And these tools are pretty affordable for the most part. Okay, financial and operational reporting tools do not provide information necessary to make the organization run effectively. Okay, they're probably pretty good at producing financial statements, but increasingly we want wisdom in our companies. There's this relationship, data, knowledge, information, wisdom. Data is just the system data, you know, it could be numbers, facts, and statistics. Not very helpful. We need to process it to make it helpful. What do we want? We want wisdom. We want to know not only what's going on, but where we need to go, why we need to go there. We need to be able to evaluate different criteria to ultimately pick a strategy for our companies to grow and be successful. Now, we do a lot of this currently in Excel. However, as great as it is, still got a lot of shortcomings. Uh, good alternative, by the way, is Power BI. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Power BI is a really useful business intelligence tool. It is a way of being able to take data from any solution. You could take data directly from QuickBooks, put it in Power BI, create dashboards, and gain wisdom um, on your operations. It allows you to mash up data coming from multiple different places. You can take data from QuickBooks. You can take data from uh, Google Analytics. You can take data from spreadsheets, mash it all up together in the way that the decision maker wants to see it. And you're giving them the right information at the right time and in the right way to make an effective decision. Why is this important? Well, remember, what's the most important thing about accounting? It's decision usefulness. If people can make a decision based off of the data I give, who cares what it looks like? Now, this doesn't replace the need for financial statements. Balance sheets aren't going away anytime soon. But now, holy smokes, we've given a decision maker data that is actually useful for them. Technology advances have emerged over the last 10 years. Mobile is huge. You know, one of the cool things about Xero, QuickBooks, or any of these solutions, I can get them right here. 
You know, so if I'm out playing a, a quick 18 and I want to check to see the status of something or what our financial statements look like, the fact that I can pull it up right on my mobile handset is a very compelling reason or check inventory for that matter. We have other things like bank feeds. One of my absolute favorite things about uh, current accounting is the fact that QuickBooks, Xero, FreshBooks, all these other solutions directly integrate with uh, the bank. So they pull data down. I mean, I don't even have to really think about it anymore. Um, and it's perfect 100% of the time. You know, this doesn't do my cash receipts, but, you know, we'll deal with that separately. But credit card charges, ACH, e-checks, things of this nature, I just pull them down from the bank now. It's completely eliminated, I would say, 80% of, uh, well, it shouldn't say completely eliminated. It's eliminated about 80% of the manual entry. And we also have emerging other payment methods too, you know, Venmo, PayPal, things like this. Old solutions don't necessarily support that. The needs of many businesses operate in micro vertical markets are going to continue to expand. You know, we're operating at several different levels. <clears throat> there are a lot of general purpose business applications that can't address those specific needs of those verticals. Although a lot of majority of businesses don't require payroll functionality, it's still a pain point that a lot of people have to figure out. And I will tell you, whenever possible, don't make it your problem. I'm a big fan of outsourcing payroll. There's no money there. It's expensive and the risk of getting it wrong is super high. Um, if you've ever missed a payroll tax deposit and gotten a letter, I mean, it's expensive to deal with. So pay somebody. It'll cost you 200 bucks a month and it's money well spent. Little awareness of cash of uh, workflow tools and instead rely on email to manage tasks. You know, it's terrible. You know, if you're solely relying on email, you're doing it wrong. Small businesses are beginning to embrace the cloud, but only uh, whenever needed. Now I'm going to tell you cloud should be the rule, not the exception. Now, we have some critical considerations before implementing the accounting system. These are questions that you should consider asking your team. Okay. Does the application provide critical functionality to meet our business-specific requirements? Okay. Does this do what I need it to do? Or is it uh, just kind of a ton of workarounds? You know, if you're going to be moving into a new accounting solution, it is a great time to be able to eliminate manual workarounds inside your organization. And in fact, streamline your operations and bring them current to today's standards. Uh, it's a great time, for example, to get rid of some of the legacy tech debt of the company. Tech debt meaning the historical way that you've done business and the historical uh, legacy uh, solutions that you've used and instead focus on a newer, better way. It's a good time to reset the clock. Does the application adequately secure sensitive and confidential information? Does it support, for example, um, authentication? And does it do it well? Does it support, for example, two-factor authentication, role-based uh, privileges where we can define the role then associate the role to the user? Or is it just kind of a you know haphazard solution that's more of a consumer-grade product than a business-grade product? Can the application process the anticipated volume of transactions? Uh, QuickBooks does not do a good job of high volume organizations. You know, if you're processing thousands of orders a day, you're going to run into some pretty big issues with QuickBooks and you're going to be pretty sad overall with respect to the overall performance of this. Likewise, concurrency, you know, is it adequate to provide a number of concurrent usage for the different people in our company that need access to this? And can we generate a decent enough ROI to make this project worth it? Um, 
So some examples of critical functionality that we might want to consider would be things definitely around the accounting package. So for example, things like general ledger, accounts receivable, accounts payable, inventory, sales, project management, and more. Uh, from my side, the only absolute critical functionality listed here would be general ledger. Uh, there are tools, for example, that can manage your AR separately. Uh, often, for example, in e-commerce companies, they'll have a separate sales tool, you know, that manages uh, invoicing, estimates, quotes, things of this nature. It's not a sale until it's invoiced, and then it goes into the GL. So that's not business critical functionality. Likewise with AP, there are tools that can manage your AP really effectively that um, easily will plug into whatever accounting solution that you're using. And uh, instead of kind of tracking that functionality inside of your uh, accounting solution, you rather track it external to the accounting solution and the billing and AP solution just kind of keep things in, in sync for you. Here's two quick uh, solutions you might want to consider. So probably the uh, granddaddy of them all with respect to AP management and AR management would be bill.com. Uh, bill.com is a really robust solution for paying people or issuing invoices. Uh, it's got tons of integration to existing applications. So you could, for example, use bill.com to completely manage your payables process, and then it'll just sync the data back to whatever accounting solution you're using, QuickBooks, Xero, whatever else, you know, uh, Dynamics 365 and others. And so you let bill.com manage the payables and it'll even do the things like the ACHs and the e-checks. It takes care of all that for you, as well as complex workflow for approvals and authorization for spending money. It can handle all of this. An uh, up-and-coming solution is Milio. Anybody here using either one of these tools, leave me a comment. Let me know what you're thinking and kind of how these tools work. Uh, if you haven't seen Milio, this is a really cool tool. It's 100% free, and it will support both e-checks as well as ACH for paying your people or paying your vendors. Uh, the tool is just bonehead simple. You sign up, you put in your banking details, you put in your bills, and they will take care of sending checks, either physical checks or preferably ACH uh, transfers. Now, this is what we use in our business to pay our independent contractors as well as to pay our uh, things that need to be paid uh, through ACH, um, like our insurance, for example. I have to pay that through ACH. Uh, I can't, you know, go onto their website and just have them take the money out of my account. I got to send them a check or ACH it. Um, but you know, this tool, I set up the bill, you know, and three days later, the money appears in their, in their account. Either one of these fantastic solutions for managing your payables process. So that doesn't even need to be critical functionality in my opinion to the accounting solution. Inventory, plenty of applications, everything from fishbowl to a custom application for managing your inventory that can be outside of the accounting system. Likewise, sales management can be as well. Uh, project management. I don't know why you would ever want that in your accounting solution, unless you're doing, for example, work in progress or uh, finished goods, inventory, project accounting. Um, but if you're using this, for example, just to manage, uh, you know, deliverables in your company, there are millions of other tools that can handle that better for you. Uh, likewise, payroll, fixed assets, so on and so forth. I would tell you, pick a solution that does great critical functionality, great GL, uh, and then focus on integrating some of these other tools. So 
does the application provide adequate security over sensitive information? Security should be a big consideration for when you're choosing a solution. Accounting is critical functionality to a business and the needs of keeping financial information secure are paramount. Uh, base things that you should consider. Does the application support separate user IDs and passwords for everybody logging in? Uh, can each rights and privileges be established to only conform to that person's job role? What do I mean by this? I mean, unfortunately, with a lot of small businesses, you know, it's a shotgun based approach. You know, they give everybody the same account, same privileges. They don't bother to lock down the specific accounts to what they do. If you hire an AP clerk, they don't need access to AR, um, nor do they need access to your online banking. You know, they can just put the bills in and, you know, somebody else will cut the checks and send them out. It's a good segregations of duty. Uh, well, you should set up a role for that particular person and then associate the roles to the job description rather than to the individual. This is a much better way of promoting security inside of your company rather than assigning discrete privileges to the individual people come and go inside of the company. You want to ensure that the privileges for the accounting system are based off of the user's actual goods uh, delivered to the organization, what their actual services that they are doing. Uh, there needs to be basic in, as well, and not just basic, but really good uh, forensic tools like an audit trail where you're able to see at a very detailed level exactly how the accounting system changed. Uh, QuickBooks has their audit trail functionality as well as uh, Zero and Dynamics where you can track an individual transaction. You know, who created the transaction? When was it created? Where was it created? Uh, did it change? If so, what was the original state? A lot of legacy applications, for example, don't do that revision tracking. And so one of the more often things for fraud is accounts payable fraud. You know, an employee will cut a check to themselves and then um, uh, retain the money, you know, for whatever, whatever they end up, uh, whatever they end up doing. And they'll go cash that check and then they'll come into the accounting system after the fact and change the check name from their name to the name of another vendor, thereby concealing the fraud. Well, if you use the audit exception report, you'd be able to see when those transactions change over time. And that's fantastic because it gives you fidelity inside the accounting system. It gives you reliability inside of that accounting system. That audit trail functionality should be there from the start of the, of the accounting system to whenever it's put out of use. And you should be able to see every transaction line by line. It certainly should provide encryption for sensitive data. Well, you shouldn't be keeping sensitive data whenever possible. Like if you're going to do recurring billing, you shouldn't be retaining the customer credit card yourself. There are a ton of tools that you could use to do recurring billing for your company uh, so that you don't have to do this yourself manually. You know, these are tools, for example, that will store the information for you. And then um, when you need to charge somebody in the future, you just go back and, and it retains that credit card information, but you yourself aren't storing it. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. My absolute favorite payment processor is Stripe. Okay. If you're looking to do any sort of online commerce, Stripe is not only a good solution, it's the solution. Anything else is subpar. Anything else is uh, just frankly, not only not as it good, but it's more expensive. This is affordable. It's easy. And it supports literally every action you could think of, including recurring billing. You know, if I want to charge a customer credit card, I process it through Stripe 
I can choose to retain that customer's credit card for future transactions, but I'm not storing the credit card information myself. Rather, I'm storing a token that Stripe can access to rebuild a customer if needed. But I have zero liability as it relates to storing that customer's credit card data. I'm not having, for example, that credit card on my local um you know, in a file somewhere, retaining that risk that somebody is going to steal that information and create fraudulent charges. Overall, that's a much, much better approach than kind of storing this information uh, manually. You would definitely want to utilize a solution like this. Other comparable solutions would be, for example, like uh, authorized.net, as well as um, uh Square and others that could do kind of those recurring billing as well for you. Okay, are there controls necessary that only authorized users can link data uh, to other applications? Remember what I was talking about earlier, ODBC, Open Database Connectivity? Well, as great as that technology is, you don't necessarily want to be the only, uh, you want to be able to restrict access to that so only certain people uh, can do it. Okay, so if the application is cloud-based, you know, does that change the way security is applied? Is it positive? Is it negative? It's really kind of for you to, to determine. Again, I'm going to tell you that cloud is the rule, not the exception. And in the cases of a lot of small businesses, their security can be improved through these cloud-based applications because cloud providers are really going to have a lot of skin in the game and they're not going to let their users make bad decisions in most circumstances as it will negatively affect their uh, operations. You know, that's uh, not always the case. I mean, there's a really good example of Intuit. Uh, two years ago, they fell victim to a credential stuffing attack where they didn't force their users to use strong passwords. They didn't force their users to use two-factor authentication. So, you know, it's not always there, but for the most part, it is. You know, things that you're going to want to look at, for example, when you're looking at controls in your solution would be things like access controls, security personnel, geofencing, penetration testing, advanced anti-malware. You can ask your provider, you know, who you're working with, if they have those types of things in place. Now, the next thing we want to look at is volume for our transactions. Can the application process the number of transactions efficiently without causing massive issues inside the companies can team members access reports timely or you know is the system really inefficient with respect to volume um i have a client system they uh that i didn't build the client chose to go this route and they built the system on wordpress well their company normally transacts about 10 million dollars a year and their system's incredibly inefficient for transacting that level of volume if they were selling t-shirts it'd be one thing but they do, you know, 20, 30,000 transactions a year, you know, several a day, and their system is not equipped to kind of handle that volume. As such, you know, they've experienced things like decline in customer satisfaction. Um, and often you'll get into a position where it'll work, it'll work, it'll work, and then at some point it doesn't work. And you end up in a situation where you do a rip and replace, where you take this solution, you rip it out, you put something else in rinse, wash, and repeat. You're in the same boat where you started, but you're out whatever funds you spent, whatever time or whatever opportunity cost presented with, um, with uh, you know, having a solution that was subpar to begin with. Okay, is the application capable of giving necessary reports to team members? Okay, virtually all businesses 
need access to standard reports, okay? And these are gonna be your financial statements, balance sheets, income statements, receivables, AR, so on and so forth. That stuff, your accounting solution from the general ledger package should just natively do. There should be no modification. It should be able to, though, export it in a multitude of different formats. You should be able to pull these reports in PDF as well as in Excel, the XLSX file type, uh, as well as CSV. Those are the three standard formats that I would strongly, strongly recommend that you have and support. And also, you need to be able to pull this data into other stuff as well. And really kind of what trans, like in my opinion, kind of separates, let's say a subpar system from a really good solution is that integration layer. It's the, for example, ability to pull data in directly to Excel uh, and not just export it. The C data, the QODBC that I talked about, that doesn't run reports. It gives you native access to the database of those accounting solutions and you could pull that data directly into Excel. The benefit is, is you have this uh, write once, refresh many time appro appro approach to reporting. Uh, when I utilize, for example, Power Query, I'm linking Excel directly to wherever that host data might happens to be. And in the future, I just hit the refresh button and it goes and reruns all my actions and downloads the latest version of the report. Your solution should absolutely support this. It should also report support other third-party reporting tools. Uh, two of my absolute favorites are Power BI and MyDBR. Both of these solutions are solutions that you can utilize to provide business intelligence and reports, not only from your accounting system, but across a variety of different systems. Very rarely are we working just with one thing anymore. I want to see my data in conjunction with, for example, uh, my operations data, my payroll data, and everything else in between. You know, And that's where these business intelligence solutions can become quite helpful and powerful. Uh, Power BI, in my opinion, is probably the overall best business intelligence tool. Uh, if you're looking to get started with doing dashboard reporting, you cannot do better than this. Uh, and what's even more incredible, it's actually free, F-R-E-E, -E, for individual use. You can download a copy of it. If you already know Excel, you probably already have a pretty good leg up in terms of using uh, this solution. And it'll produce whatever type of dashboard you want. My other favorite solution is this tool called MyDBR, which is a, definitely a more of a custom tool, but this allows me to write any report a customer might want in any format they might want to receive it. A lot of these tools, for example, they have some report generation building, but they're not complete. They don't pull data across every system, you know, utilizing either solution here. And I use my DBR for what I refer to as ledger based reports. I use power BI for dashboard based reports. I can mash together data coming from multiple systems concurrently to give again, decision leaders, the data that they're looking for in the way that they want to receive it. Now, ultimately we want to find an application that's going to give us a good ROI. You know, we want something that's going to be successful for the company. It's going to make the effort, the implementation worthwhile. Uh, we want to find something that is going to decrease our IT costs. It's going to decrease our labor expenses and increase our revenue. You know, a good accounting solution can add a ton of synergy to the overall uh, organization. And we don't want to ignore the implementation costs, both in terms of whatever vendor fees might charge to get this solution in place, but then also um, 
our opportunity costs. You know, get, I've heard this phrase several times and I love this phrase, which is it doesn't seem like our company has the money to do it right the first time, but we always seem to have the money to do it right the second and third time. Get it right the first time and consider these solutions that are going to help make your organization additional revenue and decrease your cost. And understanding this is looking at it from a, several different factors, the actual licensing, the actual implementation, and then getting the results that we are hoping to get out of this solution. All right, colleagues, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and presentation in the second installment of our small business accounting selection course. Let's go ahead and have three review questions and wrap up for the day. All right, our first review question. What type of business market do general purchase solutions not adequately meet the needs of? Okay, so what markets just frankly don't really kind of meet the needs um, for kind of general purpose accounting products? Is it going to be macro vertical? Nope. They're going to have enough resources on their own. Uh, is it micro horizontal? Nope, that's pretty, pretty tiny. Likewise, macro horizontal is also a little... Uh, outside the scope. The correct answer here is going to be those micro verticals. Those micro vertical markets are usually so niche, so specific that it makes it very difficult to find general purpose solutions that adequately fit the needs of those organizations. All right, let's go ahead and have our second review question. What should you not do when selecting an ERP solution? So what shouldn't you do? Okay, should you work with a supplier just because they're local? That's not a good reason to do anything, especially in today's environment where we have the ability to be able to communicate, talk, collaborate using tools like Teams, Slack, email, and more around the world. You can find people who are specific to your industry and to your business that are going to know exactly what to do and how to do it. Should you go immediately to vendors? No, you shouldn't do that either. Uh, the reason being is, is that they're always going to have the magic bullet that's going to solve your specific problem using their exact tools. You should be a little bit standoffish, uh, certainly not rude by any stretch, but at least be willing to look at other options before immediately choosing a specific vendors. You should let them know that you're, you're playing the field a little bit, that you're dating before you get married. Uh, only choose a big brand because they're safe. You know, and that, that reminds me of the, uh, the phrase, nobody ever got fired for buying IBM. That should not be something you do immediately. Now, if you're a fortune 500 company, by all means, you should probably have to go where you are going to fit in. But for 99% of businesses that, especially businesses in that SMB and, and startup market, um, you know, you should just go to a big brand just because that's the brand, you know, um, you know, you should definitely take a look and, and evaluate. There are certain products, as we've talked about, that are going to be better suited for your needs than others. So none of these you should do right away. Um, I would tell you that uh, you should always be a little bit more thoughtful in your planning and pick the product that you think is going to be the best long-term solution for your company. All right, let's have our third review question. Which of the following could be used to augment financial and operating reporting with small business accounting solutions? So what could I use to augment uh, the correct our reporting. Is it Power BI? You betcha I could use that. Okay, Power BI is a fabulous tool that could be used for all different sorts of project resources. One of the best things about it is it's easy to use. It's familiar for those of us who are familiar with Excel. And um, you could plug in data from all over, from the accounting system and more. Could I use ODBC? Absolutely. 
that would be a wonderful solution for us because with ODBC, we can often get access to accounting packages, ERP packages, marketing packages, and more, and actually get uh, access to the data and be able to use it. Uh, ODBC is the answer of how we get our data. Is it third-party reporting solutions? Absolutely. Correct answer here is all of the above. Use the tool that best suits the job. Use the tool that uh, you think is going to get the job done in the fastest, easiest, safest, and uh, most accurate way. So that does bring us to the end of our presentation. Today, we talked about and continued our discussion with respect to choosing our small business accounting solutions. We talked about what to avoid, the characteristics that can affect your choice for small and medium businesses, some critical considerations, both in terms of functionality and what you should choose uh, in your solution. And then we also talked about some different options with respect to determining the ROI for choosing a solution and understanding things like volume and transactions when choosing a solution. The next edition of this course, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the considerations with cloud-based applications. We're also going to contrast the cloud versus on-premise deployment. So much more coming your way. Now, if you enjoyed our presentation and you want to support the channel, a great way to do that if you are a financial professional is to uh, consider getting using us for getting your CPE credits. Uh, after watching or listening, head on over to cpetoday.com. Today's course code is SBS2. And if you're watching after the fact, you take a short five-question quiz and you'll earn a credit for today's class. And in fact, if you are a new listener to the channel or a watcher for the channel, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. And if this is your first time and you'd like to receive a free credit, a free credit, please head on over to cpetoday.com and use one free podcast as a coupon code and you will get today's podcast or any other podcast if you're choosing uh, for free. And you can get take the uh, get the credit and get your, uh, get your education. So please check that out. Uh, please, if you enjoyed our material, consider reaching out and joining us on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and more at CPE Today. And as always, you can listen to our show on your schedule wherever you happen to find your content, Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, and others, you can subscribe. Please consider leaving a review. It really helps other people find our content and find our channel. It's always my pleasure being with you here. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I look forward to seeing you back in the office the next time around. Take care.